Today's reading is from the book of Acts, chapter 12, verses 5 to 17, from the New Living Translation, and you'll find this, if you want to follow, in the notice sheet. But while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. The night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was asleep, fastened with two chains between two soldiers. Others stood guard at the prison gate. Suddenly, there was a bright light in the cell, and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to awaken him and said, Quick! get up. And the chains fell off his wrists. Then the angel told him, get dressed and put on your sandals. And he did. Now put on your coat and follow me, the angel ordered. So Peter left the cell following the angel. But all the time he thought it was a vision. He didn't realize it was actually happening. They passed the first and second guard posts and came to the iron gate leading to the city. And this opened for them all by itself. So they passed through and started walking down the street. And then the angel suddenly left him. Peter finally came to his senses. It's really true, he said. The Lord has sent his angel and saved me from Herod and from what the Jewish leaders had planned to do to me. When he realized this, he went to the home of Mary, the mother of John Mark, where many were gathered for prayer. He knocked at the door in the gate and a servant girl named Rhoda came to open it. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed that instead of opening the door, she ran back inside and told everyone, Peter is standing at the door. You're out of your mind, they said. When she insisted, they decided it must be his angel. Meanwhile, Peter continued knocking. When they finally opened the door and saw him, they were amazed. He motioned for them to quiet down and told them how the Lord had led him out of prison. Tell James and the other brothers what happened, he said. And then he went to another place. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, Stephen and Kent, I mean, it would be good to welcome both of you, and then you can organize yourselves accordingly. So come up, come up so we can welcome you. It's really good to see you. Do you recognize this man? You've seen Stephen before. Do you recognize this man? You must be 
the Angel of Kent. No, it's Kent, for real. This is the, the man himself. It's really good to welcome both of you. So thank you for giving time to make sure that we could connect. And uh, I'm just going to hand over to you, whichever order you're going to do this in. So, Stephen, you're first. Yeah, yeah. Do you need this? No, thanks. Okay, okay, I'll put it over here for now. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it's great to be here with you and to see familiar faces. Um, greetings from my dad. I was with him just yesterday and Tuesday, no, Friday, Tuesday and Monday, and he sends his love to you. Uh, he's still well, but the years are knocking on. Um, anyway, it's great to be here. And uh, this year, we're on a transition where uh, we will be leaving our Zagreb church. Now it's a planted church. And uh, we'll be coming to Cape and Ray from September to about July next year. So you'll be seeing quite a bit of us, if you'll allow. And uh, we'd like to fellowship again with St. Thomas's, this time not on a flying visit or a two-hour visit, but more uh, sedated. And... Uh, <clears throat> We'll also be looking for accommodation to rent whilst we're here, somewhere either near Cape and Ray or moving towards Kendall. We don't know yet where God provides. And then uh, after that, we'll be going back to Croatia to another town called Varajdin, I'll show on the slides, and carrying on there. But we've come to a point where we feel we really need a bit of refreshment, and so we'll be looking at God's Word, fellowshipping, and doing some different things. So, that's that. Uh, will be, uh, if anybody does want to get, I know a lot of you get our newsletters, if you want to get by email or by post our prayer letters, just ask me afterwards and I'll write it down. Uh, if you could show the slides please. This is to give you an update. Uh, this is quite radical actually, the last two years we've been looking to, we knew we were coming here and we were looking to leave the church and so we had to get a new pastor in. And Theophil and his wife Petya were inaugurated on the 1st of um, October this, well, last year. And uh, we thought they were good when we interviewed them, but they're absolutely fantastic. Enthusiasm, hope, and optimism. I think they're three spiritual gifts that should get written in. Because enthusiasm and optimism, hope as well, uh, it's a bit hard without those. Next, please. When they were inaugurated, we also had a laying on of hands of some new deacons. And it was quite interesting because Tabitha, although she's been a missionary 15 years and she does an awful lot of work in the church, everywhere her fingers are, uh, she was basically honored and thanked because five months later she'll be leaving. But she, she really enjoyed that. It was nice that people thought of her and recognized and thought, yes, Tabitha, our Tabitha's doing some good things for God. Uh, one of the things, just to remind you, uh, the Dubrava Church started 2004 and it's now a fully planted church, uh, but the, we also start other churches, one in Dugocelo, that's 2013, and Emmanuel, the Brazilian missionary there, is the one who has led that. Not only had they started one in 2013, I mean we started it, but it was his ministry basically, uh, but from there, offshot or sprouted another church plant, evangelistic group, in Verbovets in 2017, and this is the third anniversary. And in this photograph, there's some people from the Dubrava church, the mother church. Remember when you had Halgarth? It was a similar sort of thing. Um, but also, there's five people there who were solidly converted, and they're not sort of halfway converted. They're actually pillars of that fledgling church plant. 
and they, they, they're doing organization, inviting people, ministry at lay level, and it's a real encouragement. This is the church building, and now it's fully finished. So it's uh, 14 meters by 24 meters, if you get meters. 14, that's 15 yards by 30. And uh, every single square inch is fully nicely done. Like when you finish this lounge, it was just wow. That's the sort of feeling we have. Even we have a dishwasher and a cooker and fridge and stuff like that. So, new pastor, a church, and a church building. Of course, this is the real church. Just like I'm looking at you, I'm not looking at the building, I'm looking at you, because you are God's church here in St. Thomas's, at least part of, because there's another group afterwards coming, yeah? Uh, so, praise God for God's work. It's good when people become Christians and grow. And after we go to Cape and Ray, I thought you don't need photographs of Cape and Ray, you've probably seen it. Uh, we go to Varishdin, 50,000 people, and uh, they've got five towns within the county of Varishdin County, you could say. And uh, this church that we're going to has a vision for five churches, and this is one of them, sorry, one of them here in Novimarov. Uh, 20,000 people live there, and the Varishdin church is the only one working in there. And this is the, the, actually, Nicola on the left, he's died about five years ago. He's Tabitha's uncle, and uh, Tabitha's cousin Jonathan is now the pastor. But they had a vision about ten years ago to start the five churches in the five towns. And uh, Nicola said, if I die before it happens, my son Jonathan will take over. And he said, and if Jonathan dies before his full vision uh, is enacted, then his son Noah who is now 18 and the drummer in the church will do the church plan. So it's commitment. And Tabitha and I really feel we can get involved in this because they've got vision. Not a lot of people, but lots of joy and direction. I'm the field leader in Croatia. And so this is the Croatian mission team. We have um, Ukrainians on the left. And then in the whole middle section, you've got Brazilians and Brazilians and Brazilians. Praise the Lord. And uh, glory to Deus. That's the way they would say it. Uh, a bit more louder than I said it. Uh, and we have Croatians, we have German, uh, English, yeah, I forgot about the Englishman. But we're looking for fishers of fishers of men. And so Kent, intrepid Kent, myself and Emmanuel, we last November zipped off to Brazil to see what we could find. And there we had a conference in Sao Paulo where four or five hundred people came and it was really good. People were receptive. And from this conference, there were people ready to go out, missionaries, to Croatia at this August, first for three months and then for two years afterwards. Um, and Joel on the, the uh, right there, our right, uh, he's a pastor of 20 years and he set up a mission. He, was, he met Emmanuel once and he was so enamored with Emmanuel's ministry and the, the scene in Croatia you know, not many churches, he said, we need to start a mission and send Brazilians over to Croatia and to Serbia and beyond. And uh, so he's going to be coming with the missionaries and leading the team, and he's the mission leader, but he'll leave his pastorate in Brazil. When I went, I was prepared. Emmanuel told me to preach on the Balkans, and then when I got there, uh, it was one day before this big conference, he said, you know, Stephen, they want you to talk on six ways to evangelize Europe. Well, I thought, yeah, there's probably people I'm speaking to who have written books on it, you know. So um, I, 
I did come up with something, and it was just how to evangelize effectively. I, it could be Europe, it could be China, it could be anywhere. But it was a great experience and good to see how receptive the Brazilians are. We got taken over the Amazon. These are all pictures, by the way. If you get our prayer letter digitally, you've got video clips and all sorts of things on that. There's even this clip of this boat race, and it's hold on. And our driver is an area bishop of 75-plus churches. The strategy with the Pentecostals was you meet four of the area bishops. If you win them over to the project, you gain their, in total, 300-plus churches. And so the team one would go to the Zagreb area, team two would go to Slavonsky Brod, down at the bottom, and team three would go to another region uh, near Osijek in Croatia. And just one team, for example, would come to Zagreb and out of four days, each day they'd go to a different church, do their same program, and then there'd be a couple of days left, maybe for the weekend, where they can all, all the teams can go to one particular church for a nice evangelism, similar to what you've had here from the people from Kent. Uh, is very much involved in women's evangelism and children's Bible camp. It's wonderful to see people. Half of the kids have never been in church before apart from this and half come. And it's wonderful to see the kids come alive. Uh, sometimes I have to watch the discipline. Uh -huh. But uh, they're a wonderful bunch of kids and they've now come a total of about 30 times to church over the last two or three years. And Kostya with his car and me with ours, we're the, the ferry drivers as well. We have the youth every other Friday, and Tabitha leads that. We've handed it on now to the young man on the left side in the middle, Philip, and he's leading it now, so we've handed over jobs. We're involved with the Zagreb churches to get unity amongst many churches in Zagreb. Where there were squabbles before, now people are helping each other, and over 20 churches are working together to have an evangelism every Advent. A thousand people come. And then in the morning, 600 kids, we have a program for them. And it's dynamic to see what even small churches, when they're together, they can do for God. So that's a wonderful team I've been privileged to be in UK, Brazil, and Ukraine. And that's our wonderful children. Some of you are asking about. Shaona's doing social work. In her one, she's done one and a half years study at Stuttgart. Joshua's doing computer science. He's also done one and a half years in Stuttgart University. And Benjamin is just raring to come up to northern England and to see Cape and Ray and the sunshine up here. So now Kent will come here. What would England do without Kent? I don't know. Thank you. I'm, I'm going to keep Stephen busy. Um, what he's going to do is he's going to read through the Bible passage bit by bit. I'm going to interrupt and give you a few thoughts. So, Stephen, lead off. So, Peter was kept in prison. Okay, so we're looking at a situation where we've got a Christian worker. It could be in trying to apply it yourself. The people who come up from Kent and they were doing interesting things could be Stephen and Tabitha in Croatia, but you have a Christian worker, and in this situation, the key thing is they're facing a real problem. If you read a few verses back, you'd find that it's not just he's in prison, but Herod had just put James in prison and had him killed. So Peter's in trouble now, but it looks like it's only going to get worse. Well, when the bells first went to uh, start their mission work, for those of you who've known them for a long time... You'll remember they went when communism was strong. 
And they went to where communism was strong. So in a sense, they were going right in the middle of facing a problem. Stephen, take us back to the passage. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. Okay, so we already had the first player, which was the Christian worker, let's say. Second player is the church. You're not on your own when you face a need as a Christian worker if the church is there with you. So what does the church do? The church steps up and says, we need God involved, because God's always the key player in any situation. So they ask God to meet the need. We, 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 it's really easy to miss a crucial thing here, but the reason they knew the need was because they had a relationship with that Christian worker, right? They knew what that person was facing, and because of that, they were feeling the pain that person was facing, and they were stepping in to help. And that's part of why if you've got a team coming up to do stuff to help, you want to be sharing it with the church so the church can pray for them, and then you, you're part of that when people come to Christ. If, if you're interested in somebody like Stephen and Tabitha or another missionary, get their newsletter, because then you know what needs to be prayed about, and you're part of what then happens. Stephen, please go on. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. So as I said, facing a real need, um, I want to take and, and make the need that Stephen was facing a little bit clear, but the one in Croatia, not when they first went with communism. First time I met Stephen, I had flown to uh, Croatia to meet him and his wife, see what they were doing. And so I visited the church that they were in the process of planting. It was doing pretty well. It met in a building that was rented. It looked kind of like a cricket pavilion, if I'm honest. It was not incredibly possessive, uh, impressive, but the squished full of people. Um, so it was exciting to see that. And that's on the east end of Zagreb. So Stephen said afterwards, why don't we drive to the next church east of Zagreb? So we got into his car and we drove 50 miles before we hit the next church that was preaching the gospel. That's a long ways to be reminded because we drove through towns and villages and things on the way and there was just absolutely no witness. So that's the situation that I first saw that they were facing. Please go on with the passage. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. God answers the prayer of his church. And he sends a supernatural answer. Um, I do love that, though. Sometimes you wonder about, you know, exactly how Scripture gets written exactly as it does. It's an angel of the Lord. I would have thought it would have been clear enough that it was God's angel and supernatural just by saying an angel showed up. But for some reason, it's right there. It's an angel of the Lord. So you know it's really God doing something. Um, as I mentioned before, when they went, the Iron Curtain was there. A lot of people in this country and other parts of the world prayed at that stage. They said, here's a need. We want to see this changed. My children, to them, talking to them about communism is like talking to them about what happened, you know, with Cromwell or something. It's ancient history. But you people who prayed, you know it was a spiritual battle. And God did a supernatural thing, and it is gone. The church is still here. Communism, bits of it are holding on, but that whole iron curtain control is gone. So thank you for praying. 
Anyway, so second time I go back to visit Croatia, the church has moved out of the cricket pavilion. They moved into a building that they were starting to redo. At this stage, it was basically a big mechanics building, and they were starting to turn it into a sanctuary and stuff. But that was getting more established. But the fun that was fun was between here and that other church 50 miles away, this church, even though they're still in the process of trying to grow and do their own building project, had planted another church here. So it was exciting to see that church was planting. And so the church was spreading. Please go on. Um, he struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said. And the chains fell off Peter's wrists. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals. And Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. And Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. So here we have Peter, who we all know Peter is a little impetuous, but you still think of him as kind of a bastion leader of the church, one of the apostles. And Peter didn't even know it was real. I think I think that is a wonderfully comforting thing that even God's people don't always really know what God is doing we don't understand that's okay Peter faced that doesn't stop God the angel still showed up and the angel still did what the angel did okay um I could ask Stephen if he's ever found himself in that confused situation but I don't want to take away the mystique of the great missionary so go on um suddenly oh, this one suddenly an angel of the lord appeared and a light shone actually you're down sun. here and then they passed the first and second guards <laughs> and came to the i was captivated by him when he was talking of course and they passed I'm glad the, somebody's interested yeah verse 10 <laughs> in they, fact do you want to come to jesus no go on Peter. <laughs> they passed the first and second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city it opened for them by itself and they went through it when they had walked the length of one street suddenly the angel left him so here you have peter again he's walking along he's with the angel great thing god's in charge he knows exactly what to do you know and there was a lot of detail from that angel as well but may sometimes by the detail scripture goes into okay doesn't just wake him up he strikes him on the side is that crucial is that something i'm supposed to replicate you know vickers dozes off during the service strike him on the side to wake him up you know it talks about that talks about you know put on your sandals put on your clothes put on your coat isn't it enough to say get dressed anyway there we go goes to a lot of detail but it points out with this bit that he's walking along with the angel and then the angel disappears does that mean Peter did something wrong, he sinned, and God took the blessing away or something? No. There's just sometimes when we're walking along with the Lord and what he's doing, the supernatural and what we're supposed to do is so obvious. It's like you can see God and what he's doing there. And sometimes it's not. Doesn't change anything. God is still there. But sometimes the supernatural is obvious and sometimes it's not. My thing for you is be faithful. But the thing is, coming back to Peter in a sense, is he said, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know if it was real. Now I do. Peter learned a lesson while he went through the process. So wherever you are, be trying to learn the lessons that God's teaching you. Please go on. Then Peter came to himself and said, 
Now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. Yes, I jumped ahead and already said that, so go on. When this had <laughs> dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people... Many people! Remember, remember the church again? This isn't all just about Peter. This is a story of prayer being answered. Many people were gathered there together. And I'm not saying God will do more answers because more people pray. It's not this kind of holy thing where we can trick God into doing what we want. But I, I, I just love the fact that it said many people knew the problem, they cared, they gathered because they wanted God to move. Please go on. When this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people prayed. Uh, had gathered and were praying. Peter knocked at the outer entrance, and a servant named Rhoda came to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed. Overjoyed. She had joy just by seeing Peter there, which brings us back again to the fact that there was a relationship and she cared. But suppose Peter hadn't been locked up. Suppose the day had been normal, Peter had showed up at Mary's for a cup of tea or whatever you had back then, probably a cup of wine, don't tell the Baptist. Um, had a, so he had a cup of, came over for that. Would she have been overjoyed to see him? She would have been thrilled to have him come in. You know, come over, come have a cup of tea, that's fine. But she was overjoyed in this situation because there'd been a big need and the need was met, right? Sometimes you don't get that sense of joy if you don't face the problem. Sometimes when we're facing needs, we get stuck in the need, and all of us do. It might be cancer, it might be a financial problem, it might be a broken relationship in your family, it might be you're made redundant, it could be all kinds of stuff. But when you face that need, that's when you pray, because that's how you get to the joy. So pray expecting and leaving a place for that, re for that situation to change if God steps in and then you can receive the joy. Please go on. So when she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, she ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter's at the door. You're out of your mind, they told her. When she kept insisting that it was so, they said, it must be his angel. I love that. So God's answered the prayer. All the people are still sitting there praying. She comes in and she says, the prayer is answered. And they say, you're nuts. No way God can answer that prayer. And I find that encouraging again. Because it goes to show God's not limited in answering our prayers by our lack of actual expectation. The point was, we connected with God and we said, God, can you help us? And God, because he's a gracious, loving father who knows how to give good gifts to those who love him, wants to answer our prayers, even if deep down we don't really expect him to. Obviously, up your faith. I'm encouraging you to have faith that does expect. That's how we're, you know, we're, we're challenged to have faith. But I love that. In this story, there's still answers. So if there's times that you find yourself going, I don't deserve to pray because I don't have enough faith, just pray. God will meet you. So I got back to visit Zagreb again, bringing it back to using Croatia as an example of some of this. 
And the next time I visit, the first church now has this really nice building you saw the picture of. Stephen was a bit humble, so he didn't point out it's probably the second nicest church in Croatia now. It's, they, when they have big national events and stuff, they come and hold it from there. They've had national stuff on TV televised from there because people go, well, that's the best place to use. So it's not a bad place. So that's now really set up. The second, the, the, the other church plant I mentioned already, this between here and the other established church, is now more established. Not big, 25 people maybe, something like that, certainly no bigger. But they're going, but you know what? There still needs. So rather than getting focused on just growing, they've planted a church here, which is taking off. But there's some of the ones he showed the picture of. But I just want you to get that sense of each one of these is a step of the church saying, we've got a message. We need to get this out. There's people who need to know. And it, we don't have to have everything perfect before we keep going. And I love that. Big encouragement to all of us. Go ahead. But Peter kept on knocking. Sometimes the person who has faced the need or is facing the need will chase you as prayers as the church. And that's actually a good thing. Occasionally it's annoying because we just don't really want to stop and pray and we want to get on with our life. But sometimes the other person needs you to enter into their need. So sometimes, I don't know if it'll be the vicar or whoever, a missionary calling you up and saying, please, can you pray for this special event? Um, they will chase you. And that's what you see kind of Peter going here. He goes, I've got something to tell you. There's something exciting. And he kept at it. He didn't give up just because the people's first reaction was no. So occasionally you will be pushed. That's part of life. But Peter kept on knocking. And when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet and described how the Lord had brought him out of prison. So what does Peter do? He does a testimony. All he does is say what God has done. He says, the Lord has done this. But because the people had been praying, they entered into that testimony. It wasn't just Peter's story. We hear it as Peter's story, right? It's exciting. For them, they prayed and God answered. They entered into a miracle. It's a miracle for God to send an angel and the chains to fall off and the Roman guards who are trained to protect people, to let everybody wander past and the gates open. That's a miracle. And they were part of that. But they wouldn't have been if they hadn't prayed. So I'd encourage you, if you want to be part of a miracle, look for places where there's a big need. Whether it's something giant, like the suffering church around the world today, or whether it's other people's lives. Don't be frightened to pray for healing. Don't be frightened to pray for relationships to be fixed. Because that's when you get to actually see the miracle. Coming back to the Croatia bit, the Dubrava church is now so established as Stephen showed the very first picture he did, that there is now a local pastor. Stephen doesn't even have to be involved anymore. It was a church plant. It's not now. It's a church. 
and they can move on and do stuff in another area where that's still, that need is still there. And Stephen is one of those people who's more apostolic. He's always called to the new thing. I think you'd find it relatively boring getting on with the established thing. But that's a need too. There's a pastor here who that's his thing and the gift God's given him. And by all of us moving into our gifts, that's how the church grows and is mature. So don't think I'm pointing out special things in the church and saying that's the special bit. It's just the example you get this morning. God has given you gifts. God has made every one of you a witness. Remember Peter encouraged people by coming and sharing his testimony? Well, he had a good story at that stage. He had just been taken out of prison by an angel. But we're called to be witnesses, and all a witness is is you tell the story of what's happened true in your life, right? I can't be a witness to a murder I didn't see. But if I see a murder, I get called into, into court to be a witness And I'm not supposed to make it up and make it more exciting than it was. I'm supposed to just say what I've seen. You're called to be a witness of what God's done in your life. It's all you're called to be. Not called to be a perfect evangelist. But you are called, like Peter, to give a testimony to whatever God has done. And don't miss that opportunity. But we see Peter here doing it and encouraging the church. Please go on. Tell James and the other brothers and sisters about this, he said. And then he left for another place. So like I said, it's that opportunity for us to tell and encourage other people when we have seen God at work. Um, And that's one thing I like about having the chance with me to get to know Stephen and some of the work that he has done, is I wouldn't have that much of a connection with what happened behind the Iron Curtain because I was Africa-focused. I was doing something with Wycliffe Bible Translators at that stage. But God has moved that iron curtain away. But what we need to remember is, just because the visible iron curtain is gone, hasn't stopped the need. Because there's now an invisible curtain. In Croatia, only one half of 1% of people know Jesus. Very, very few people. That's what, one out of, what's one half of 1%? One out of 2,000 people know Jesus. It's a lot of work that still does. Prayer still needs to happen. They still need people like you stepping up and keeping going with the change. And I want to leave you with one very, very last thought. The reason why that can happen in Croatia and the reason why it can happen here in Kendall and the reason why people came to Jesus yesterday was because Jesus said all... This is as he was leaving, his last thought he wants the church to have. All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. You're not doing this on your own. You're doing this with Jesus who has all authority. And then he finishes it by saying, and I will be with you always. Doesn't matter if you're in Croatia. Doesn't matter if you're in Kendall. Doesn't matter if you're in High Wycombe where I come from doesn't matter if you're young and a teenager or whether God has still kept you alive and my mom is 90 she's just slowing down in ministry now Jesus will be with you always go out there expect God to do stuff sometimes you get to be the Christian worker sometimes you just get to be the one praying but step in and expect God to do a miracle and he will keep doing it in your life and in your church Thank you.
I think this would be a wonderful moment to invite people. We're going to stand and sing in a moment anyway, especially verse 2 of the song about the church awakening. But I just sense there's something that you just encourage us with that's worth just fixing in prayer. If I could invite you to stand, something about awakening the gifts that we bring to the body of Christ. We all have these parts to play, but also that simple encouragement that the testimony of what God has done in you is something he wants to give as a gift to other people through you. And so could we stand and just receive what every Christian has been promised, which is the grace, the power of the Holy Spirit to step into that and see wonderful things. So, Ken, would you pray for us? Would would you chime in and just release this to to us? And uh, let's do that. Let's, Let's step in. Heavenly Father, I praise you that every single person who is here today you made them. Lord, you formed them in their mother's womb. And you promised that you knew their days even before they were born. And you say you want to give them blessings. And Lord, you've moved in their lives. You've given them the Holy Spirit. All that power, everyone in this room, if they know you, they have that. And Lord, I pray that even today and going forward, however many years they have left, whether that we've got minutes to walk outside and be hit by the bus or whether we've got decades left lord that you'll use that time through these people surprise them with what you can do lord there's nothing they can do that can stop you because you're so great and so loving and so powerful pour your grace down on them so it can pour out and overflow into those around them lord have this be a church be a place safe place where they can try those gifts and learn and grow but where they're like a phone, they're recharged here that takes your message out onto the street, wherever that mobile phone goes. Lord, take your communication out and use each of these people in the special way you've made them. Don't make them try and imitate George or me or anyone else. Have them do it in the way you have made them. And I ask that in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Yes, Lord Jesus, we stand humbly before you. But Lord, in a one way, as a child of God, it's impossible to be humble in that way because we know that you live in us. And if you live in us, then the hope of glory is living in us. Amen. And so, Lord, we pray that you would unleash your presence in our lives, that we would not restrict you. We would believe that you can do anything in our lives. And, Lord, I pray for specific people today. Lord, I pray actually for everybody, every single person. But, Lord, for every specific person, Lord, that we would just recognize that we don't see ourselves as perfect we don't see ourselves sometimes even as capable but in you we are capable and somehow in you you are perfecting us so lord awaken and encourage uh, your life and your responsibility your love in each person here lord that we would recognize who we are not perfect maybe not fantastic weak but we recognize who you are in us And that's all capable for all situations, especially when we're together as a church. Amen.